This is the Toddcast Podcast. I'm a guy named Todd. And I'm a guy named Aaron. Join in our conversation as we discuss anything and everything. Pointless debates, music, Star Wars, nerd culture, and so much more. There are no scripts, no show notes, commuters, sit back and enjoy the ride. The Toddcast Podcast starts now. Hello and welcome to the Toddcast. Got Eric with me, riding shotgun in the hobby wagon. Eric, how are you doing today? Hey, Todd. You know, I'm doing well. It's been real rainy. Good thing these yeah. wiper blades are still still in decent, uh, you know, condition. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. Good but, word. Um, either way, <laughs> either way, we'll probably pull over instead of taking the road trip while uh, digging in the back here. Yeah. yeah that's I'm excited to see what we can first. find in the hobby wagon today. Yes. And it's it's my turn to go. go it is. Digging. It so is we're gonna turn. have to we're gonna have to pull over so I can do that because if you're riding shotgun, that means I'm driving and I don't want to be correct. I feel like in the driver's seat, digging into the back of the station wagon is not only dangerous but uh, impossible. Um, well, I mean, I'm a tall guy with long arms, but let's not be crazy. So here we go. Pulled off to the side. Thank you. Here we go. So let's let's see what we got here. Oh, this is this is exciting. Oh, this good. Eric is a first edition second printing mind you but first edition advanced dungeons and dragons player's handbook in all of its resplendent glory oh, take boy. it in eric yeah I, I smell it that's very from, very vintage <laughs> from the uh the jeff easley artwork on the cover oh, and okay. to the to the densely packed text within um they do not what make size? them this way they don't make them like this anymore and i mean that in the most literal sense possible <laughs> oh yeah okay okay so what so i mean are, are we looking at like size like 12 font is it real tiny or, or oh, what do oh, we what do we oh. got on the inside it is it is ah, shoot um let me take a look here and see if i can see see if we can simultaneously test my knowledge of dungeons and dragons and um typefaces i'm gonna say this is possibly like an eight oh, like it is, it is it is small not made um, for the elderly no, no, not, is, not without thought, significant magnifying capabilities. Well, we thought the church folk were mad about the whole satanic aspect. They're just mad <laughs> about the, fa the fact they can't see it. <laughs> right, right. No, it's, it's, well, here's the thing. If you were to take this, this player's handbook and the most current, the fifth edition player's handbook, mm -hmm. uh, you would not, you would not recognize them as the same thing. Um. And not, I mean, not just because the rules have changed, but just like visually, like this book, if you flip open to a random page, it is all text. Like there are no, there are, I mean, no, there are pictures. no pictures. There are pictures in there, but they are scattered and sort of, it's like, just like little black and white spot. I guess that's number one. This book is a black and white and it's okay. modern game books. Well, you have, a, you have, I got you a player's handbook. I know that. Yeah. You flip through that. It's full color, glossy pages. Oh, sure. font excellent you know layout thing this thing was put out in shoot when when did when did ad and d come out 80s somewhere let's see okay so the forward was written in june of 1978 hold on wow are you serious that's yeah. very old i'm sorry this is the sixth printing in january of 1980 okay, okay. So this is on paper, like, it's not like newsprint, but like, you know, the kind of paper like novels are written on that like rough. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sort of, sort of off white paper. That's the kind of paper it's on. 
and it's like I said, it's all black and white, and it is super dense dense text. We'll take a picture. We'll throw it on the website. Okay. So, okay. So that people can can truly appreciate what we've got going here. All uh, right. So what's on the cover? What what is on the cover here? Like. So, so for this particular edition, the player's handbook has got like a wizard dude with a okay. epically long beard um, casting a spell. And I don't know if those are little demons or gargoyles. I feel like I told oh, people okay. they were gargoyles so that they wouldn't think that they were demons. De- but they're little green winged dudes with horns. So, you know, it could go either way, I guess. Okay. All um, right. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. But, I, uh, uh, yeah. Now is uh, the the author is your Gary Gygax, right? Yes. Is he listed as the author on this? Is he, he the official author, like legit he, is the author? He is. First edition, all the books actually have authors listed. Now, I mean, I guess first edition was largely Gary Gygax. Like, he was one of the two people who created D&D. And by the time they came around to doing advanced Dungeons & Dragons, there was sort of a rift between Gygax and Arneson. Okay. And so... Gygax, like, his Arneson, his deal was more on, like, the role-playing side of things. Okay. He was more about, like, collaborative storytelling, and he used Gygax's chainmail rules to, like, resolve conflicts when he was doing it. And that's how the two of them got together to create D&D. Whereas Gygax came from more of a wargaming stance, and, like, his stuff started with the game Chainmail, which was just a war game, like at a table, like a sand table with miniatures, you know, they would do that to like recreate Napoleonic wars or, you know, okay. Battles from the civil war. I've seen, I've seen it on movies and he, you know, and he, you know, read Tolkien and it's like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if there were wizards and dragons on this, on this table. And so he came up with chain mail. And so the two of them game got together and that's how D and D was born. One guy was, Brought the role-playing side. The other guy brought, like, the tactical game side of it. And the two of them oh, came right. And that's how we got D&D. Well, the two of them was the author, and He's the author. Yeah. Yeah. So guy, yeah. Guy Gax wanted to go more in-depth and have more rules and more, you know, well, how do you resolve this thing? Like, first edition, it was called the Dungeon Master. But your role was less of a storytelling situation and more of a referee. Okay. <laughs> like, like, you came up with the dungeons and you, like presented that to the characters but for the most part like the players would say they do a thing and it was up to you as the dm to decide if that could happen and how that would happen like it was very sort of freeform and so ad and d was was meant as a way to sort of codify all of that so that it could be done in tournaments oh so so let me ask you this. So this book here, the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, is this like yep. the first ever like print of a Dungeons and Dragons, or is there there was just original Dungeons and Dragons? This is before? this is this is the first hardbound, and okay. this is the, this is the first book of the Advanced line. So, so there were there were books before Advanced. Yeah, like the original D and D were like little like pamphlet sized books. Okay. Like if you like if you took a piece of you know printer paper like if you took a sheet of that fold it in half like a like a greeting card that's okay. how big those books were okay um, and they came in a little box and then eventually they they you know recompiled them into something that's the size of a normal book but it was like a thin paperback situation 
Okay. This is the this is this is the time where basically they got real. They got serious. They're like, no, we're gonna seriously print some shit and get it, you know, out there. And this um, was the first one you've received you received? Um this is actually Mike's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean Okay. I will say since the time when I first started playing D D, I have bought the first edition player's handbook one, two, at least three times. Okay. Due to due to moving, and th- there are a couple of like there's the original versions of the Player's Handbook, Monster Manual, and Dungeon Master's Guide that have like completely different covers that are just some wild art. I'll 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 shoot you some photos of that too. And then when they started expanding, they reprinted them with the, they're called the I refer to them as the Orange Spine books because they kind of they discovered what trade dress was. <laughs> um, for people who don't know what trade dress is, it's like if you have something, if you if if somebody is selling like a series of things, and they've done the graphic design to make them all look cohesive, mm-hmm. sort of thing, and there's branding on it, that's sort of the trade dress. Like, because the first three books, like you knew they were AD and D books because well, it was printed on the cover, but like from a style perspective, they were very different. Anyway, okay. yeah. Oh, no, I'm, um, well, you know, I'm looking online trying to find some of these things because it's very, I think the history of like how this even came out is pretty darn interesting. And like the, because this is a creation of a brand new game, right? Like this is something that never happened before that was like, and uh, I think it's pretty interesting on on how they decided to roll this out and and so forth. But uh, let's hear your origin. So you're saying this isn't, you didn't actually buy this one. This is actually Mike's. This this is Mike's. So, so. It would have been eighth grade. Um, Mike and I and a couple other folks were playing the Star Wars role-playing game, which was my mm-hmm. first. That was my entry level into the world of tabletop role-playing games. Um, and he had the, the first edition Player's Handbook Monster Manual Dungeon Master's Guide, like in his in his room. And mind you, this is during the time where I was kind of, sort of, still had one foot deeply entrenched in Christianity. Sure. And was and was <laughs> and was fed all of the propaganda about oh this is the devil's thing, so like yeah. I'd see him and I'm like yeah I'm not I'm 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 not interested, um until eventually that like he and the guys are like yeah we're I think we're gonna start a game you want in on this and I was like ah isn't that evil and they're like no dude like you know how we play Star Wars like yeah, like yeah he's like you don't think you're a Jedi do you I'm like no he's like same thing you're sitting around a table you're rolling dice. You might play a wizard, but no one's actually, you know, making pacts with the devil. That's all nonsense. I'm like, oh, okay. Gave it a try, and it, you know, never looked back. But the books we played with were Mike's. Even when I took over as Dungeon Master, we played with his books, and I just smuggled them in and out of the house. Sure. <laughs> um, there was a point where we had to claim that they were Ron's. Cause cool. mom, I, I do, mom yes. found them confiscated them and i didn't want to sell mike out so we had to pretend that they were wrongs but really they're mics so now yeah so so that that happened so yeah. with these these books all right so <laughs> get, explain to me what the purpose of this book is for like what, what is i mean i understand it's a rule book like do you have to read the entire thing or is it more like a reference manual <laughs> it's i would say first edition is definitely more of a reference manual because, like, okay, so the player's handbook has has the rules for creating characters. So it okay. will give you all the stats for humans, elves, dwarves, half-orcs, 
uh, gnomes, like the kind of, you know, whatever your character's heritage is and whatever, you know, game stats go with that. Like, you know, elves can see in low light, dwarves can see in the dark and know all kinds of stuff about stone construction and can detect slopes underground. Elves are immune to sleep. All those kind of rules are in there. And then there are the rules for your, what they call your class. So if you're going to be a fighter or a thief or a wizard or, you know, a, pre, a priest of some sort or whatever, all of those rules are in there as well as like the level progression. It's like once you get this many experience points, you get to next level, you get, you know, these extra bonuses sort of a deal. Sure. So the front front part of the book is all that. It's basically all character creation. And then... There are some rules in there, but not a lot. Like, most of the actual rules of the game are actually in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Because, like I said, the Dungeon Master was considered the referee. Like, in the books, it refers to them as the referee. So, like, okay. they were expected to know all the rules, so they put all the rules in their book. <laughs> so, okay, so, so, so help me out here. So, if you're going to start playing a game back in, in the late it 80s. Was, yeah, it was it was right. 88 when we started playing. Yeah, correct. All right. So um, if you're going to start playing a game, how many books do you need? I mean, three minimum, the player's okay. handbook, the dungeon master guide and the, and the players because the dungeon master guide. Well, let me finish up. So the player's handbook had all the stuff to create yeah. your characters, a handful of little rule stuff. But frankly, the, the bulk of the book is like equipment like the kind of swords and armor and whatever you can get and spells. Like I'd say at least half of this book is spells. Okay. Cause well, there were four spell cat. There were the magic users, which we now call wizards. There was a sub shoot of the, the sub, the magic user called an illusionist. There were clerics who were like priests and then druids. Each of those four classes had their own spell lists. And each of those, like for, you know, wizard spells went from level one to nine. And okay. I, I believe Druid and Cleric spells went from levels one to seven. And you figure within each of those levels, there are like a dozen plus spells. So I'm too lazy to do that math. But sure. it's in, you know, the spell descriptions were like, you know, a little block of text. Like, here's how far you can cast it. Here's how long the spell lasts. You know, here's what you need to cast it. And then here's a little block that says, here's what it does. Multiply by 12 multiply by the number of levels <laughs> among all four of those people. Like half the book is spells and spell descriptions that for what it's worth are organized in the worst way, worst possible way. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Great. Um, so, so that was the player's handbook. So you needed that to make characters in order to play the game. Okay. You needed the dungeon master's guide because like I said, it had most of the actual rules and it also had, um, all the magic items. Yeah. Like anytime you, anytime you found a magic item, like it was in there in the descriptions and like the rules to determine how much treasure sh should be where and how to create dungeons and how to, you know, handle overland travel, how to, you know, do combats, like anything rule wise was in the, was in the dungeon master's guide. And then finally you need the monster manual. Cause that's where all of your enemies were. Like, I guess theoretically, like if you wanted to play a D&D &D game that was more of a gritty realism, actual dark ages, medieval times, non-fantasy thing, you could you could skip the monster manual because there aren't unicorns or dragons in your world. Like if you're just trying to play medieval Europe, 
you'd make all your characters with the player's handbook and all the rules would be in the dungeon master's guide. You'd probably get away with that, but that's not a game I'd want to play. Yeah. You, you need, uh, you need the (laughs) monsters for the battles and, yeah. And, uh, and all that jazz. So I get that. I mean, half, half, half the title is dungeons and dragons. If you don't have dragons, eh. (laughs) dungeons are kind of just depressing. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Agree. Agree. You know, but if it was just called dungeons, I wonder how mad mom would have been. Right, <laughs> you yeah. might not have had all those, all those people out there. The yeah. you know, uh, just playing the game called Dungeons. Okay, it's like well, Mario. And who, so, who runs this? A dungeon master? Yeah, she wouldn't have thought I was into Satan. She'd have thought I was into some some sort of bondage, sadomasochism situation. <laughs> well, I guess uh, some sort bad. of leather boy. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I don't know which she would consider worse, but we'll we'll not go into that. Um, no. <laughs> All right, so you get this book. Uh, you start playing these books. How did you end up? Did you just end up acquiring it because, like, you were the last dungeon master, or probably? Probably. Uh, let me hear the history of this book. So, so it, it was it was Mike's, and he actually played with his family, his mom okay. and dad, and his kid sister, um, and then his parents sadly divorced, and Mike ended up with the books, and then we started playing. Um, he was the dungeon master and then I took over and actually read the damn things and found out, Oh damn, Mike, you were fucking this roll up and that roll up. And you know, Oh, so you were just a some, well, life of the party. Well, the police well, over I mean, here, some, some, well, let's put it this way in the old versions, like the goal, like the purpose of the game was to basically go into a dungeon, mm-hmm. kill anything you came across and loot their treasure. Like that's what the game was. Like, like I said, it was less of the let's tell a collaborative, you know, story like it is nowadays. And it was more of a let's let's crawl through a dungeon, kill everything, take its stuff. And the rules reflected that like one of the main ways that you got experience so that your guys could advance was you got an experience point for every gold piece of treasure that you found. So, like, there'd be times where you'd, like, go into a dungeon, and at the end, when it came time to give out experience points, you actually got more experience points from the gold than you did from killing the beasts. Mike okay. never gave experience for gold. Oh. Like, it took us forever to, to raise levels, and we never quite got why, because I guess here's the other thing. The way we played back in the day, the only book you as a player had access to was the player's handbook. Okay. Like you were not allowed to look in the Dungeon Master's Guide. You were not allowed to look in the Monster Manual. Which, yeah, in retrospect, was kind of eh. But at the time, it was good because like you'd run into a creature, and you had no freaking clue what it did because you've never looked at the rules. You've never you know skimmed through the book and like, oh, a beholder. It has eye stalks that shoot out this and that and the other thing. No, you'd just be going through a dungeon and there's a giant floating sphere with you know tentacles on its head that end in eyeballs the giant central eyes like oh shit what is this what does this do and you wouldn't know because you weren't allowed to look in the book um so we didn't know that we were losing out on half of the experience we were supposed to get like it's that kind of stuff like i wasn't just being pedantic like well actually mike you're supposed to get a plus two in this situation not a plus one like it wasn't like that it was like major shit dude we'd be fifth level by now if you weren't jerk like you know <laughs> so did you when you guys switched dungeon masters all right so like you're yeah. playing and so forth he he was the first one and then did you it was it the same game and you just switched up is that how that worked uh yeah so like he was the dungeon master and so i had a character okay and me and ray and a couple you know we all you know, we had characters 
when it came time to switch, basically, I think my character had died. Like, there was some epic battle, and he got taken out. And I think it was at that point, I'm like, hey, man, do you mind if I DM? You know, rather than make okay. a new character? And he's like, sure. Yeah. Um, and so he generated a character. Everybody else kept their characters. And, okay. like, I was now in charge of the world and making the dungeons and stuff. Um, and that's when you had to read the book. Yes. Yes. Which, I mean, mind you, Eric, you've noted before, I'm a bit of a reader. Uh, you're a bit of a reader. <laughs> um, we can tell by and, your use of language. <laughs> it, well, and I'll tell you, a good chunk of the reason I'm good with language are these books here. Like, this, this it's dense text. It's written at a very adult, geek, gamer level. The people who used to play these games were like damn near medieval scholars because they wanted their war games to be as accurate as possible and so forth. Like they were very well read folk and it comes across in the text. And as a shit, 14, 15 year old who was just soaking this stuff up like a sponge, there's a good part of why my vocabulary is so good and that I can attribute to role playing games in general and probably D&D specifically, if I'm being honest. Sure. Um, That's, I mean, it makes sense. I I do believe the more you read, you know, yeah, probably the, well, better use of words and, you know, well, yeah. Well, and the other thing is, is even outside of, you know, when I eventually got in trouble for playing D and D and got grounded for like three months solid long before I even played D and D, like I got grounded all the time. Like grounding was like mom's go-to Todd fucked up. You're grounded. Like, some days it'd be for, like, a day or two. Sometimes, like, I don't think it ever extended past a week for most offenses. Like, oh, you came home ten minutes later than you said you were going to. You're grounded for until Wednesday. You know, kind of a shit. Sure. Um, and our grounded was no TV, no video games. Like, it was pretty much, you're going to hang out in your room. You're allowed to listen to music. You're allowed to read books. You're allowed to draw. Like, Hold on, hold on. That sounds like heaven now. Well, I mean, <laughs> seriously. I like, I like Literally. Put me in like, my office and just like let as me it, dick around with music. Yeah. As as a youth, it was punishment because I couldn't hang sure. out with my friends. As of an course. adult, I'm like, wait a minute. I get to go be in a room, listen to my music, and read books. Sign me the fuck up. Like, but yeah. no. So I had ample time to consume these books full of dense text and arcane fucking rule sets. So, so these books are these books are, you know, from someone that's looked at it and, and played a couple games now. It's pretty intense in terms of like what you can do uh, and what happens and so forth. So when you're reading these books, you're kind of taking notes for like, oh, this I want to do this in a campaign. Oh, this sounds really cool. And are you like taking notes of like things that you're going to want to do as a dungeon master in the future? Is that kind of how <laughs> your brain works or or is it sort of like like I said, it, they they were definitely sort of reference manuals. Like, they had the rules, and you'd read them through for the rules to get an idea for what it, what there was. But for the most part, it was when you did sit down with your notebook, like, okay, I'm going to create a world mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm going to make this map. Where do I put the cities? Where do I do that stuff? Like, there's it's not so much rules, but just guidance on how to do that. Yeah. And, like, okay, if your city is here and your other city is there, and, you know, for whatever reason, we drew all of our overland maps on hexagon graph paper Mm -hmm. because a lot of war games used hexes for their overland stuff and that just carried through so you draw out your your map on these hexes like okay each hex is say five miles and you'd look up in the book to be like okay these guys are walking how far can they get today 
or oh they're on horses or they've got a cart or whatever and you'd have to do the math to figure out how long it would take them to get from point a to point b and the book was handy for that um when it came time to you know design a dungeon there's all sorts of juicy little tidbits on how to you know create the dungeon how to populate the dungeon some cool tricks and traps and stuff to put in that dungeon how much treasure the monster should have like it was kind of those you you didn't so much take notes as you were reading it but you went back and read it as you were taking notes on what you were creating if that makes sense got it got it no i mean that makes sense you know it's it is to gaming what a thesaurus is to an author that's probably uh, the closest thing i could say like you're not using it to write but as you're writing you're like hmm I need to fill in this gap. Let me look in here and see, get some good stuff. That kind of a deal. Well, that makes sense. That's, uh, that's fair. That's uh, that, that clears up a bit, you know, I'm all kind of, um, always wondering how the dungeon master creates their, their magic, so to speak. And this book is what I assumed would be like the, the starting point for many is like, you know, it's not a matter of like, read this book and then you have everything to you, but you know, you kind of use the book to help advance what you're kind of already looking to do. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like having a book on script writing. You're not really, you're, you're not copying the script out of the book, but it's going to tell you how to best write that script. Got so, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Well, at the end of the day, you have this book here, right? This is, this right. is, is this your most valuable, your, your favorite? I would, I know you say, collect multiples. Oh yeah. I have, I have the player's handbook, Dungeon Master Guide and Monster Manual for every edition that was ever put out. <laughs> because I'm that guy. I would say the first edition Dungeons Master's Guide is probably my 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 favorite and it has so much random useful stuff in it. I still refer to it today in modern games. There's stuff in there that is not, you know, stuff that's not as rule-based but is useful. Like Gygax just like cuz what he did is he tried to compile everything from the original D&D and like extra stuff that they made along the way and compile it all into these new books. So they do contain all that, all that information, but it's also kind of jumbled organizationally. I mean, the thing has, let's see here, like 14 appendices. Okay. (laughs) A little bit. Like I just, yeah. Like, like of course sitting next to the player's handbook in the hobby wagon is the dungeon master's guide. Yeah, like Appendix M is summoned monsters, and it's just tables of if you cast Monster Summoning 4, here's a chart we roll on to see what kind of monster comes out. Appendix J is herbs, spices, etc. And it's oh. a, it's, it's oh. a list of plants and or special parts, and then uses and or powers. And it's like, it like wasn't game-based, it's like based on actual Earth myth and or people who are herbalists here's what this like ginseng vision dizziness headaches weakness like and so that's not like necessarily gaming specific but like if you're a wizard and you're trying to craft a potion and you want to send that wizard out on a quest to gain to gather and you want to make it hard for him to get all the materials to make that potion you just can't run to the corner store you can come here and go oh well um if you're trying to do like a potion of speed that that will you know hey give you bake it so you run twice as fast and go you know twice as many actions you can look and you say oh it looks like kn at some point somebody thought was a stimulant you need to go harvest some of that just wild stuff like that that is sort of transcends edition and is still yeah. useful. well that that's just crazy that's, shit yeah 
you know, get some of that ginseng. What, yeah. uh, so do they come out with one every year? It sounds to me like if they're on the fifth edition, that's not the case. No. So first, first edition lasted a good long while. The second edition came out while I was playing. It came out in, I want to say 89. Okay. Cause I'd only been playing first edition for a year, but it had been out for like probably a decade or sure. close to it. So first edition lasted about 10 years. Second edition lasted, oh shoot, until like 2000, I want to say. Um, well, they were on that for a long when, time. When Wizards of the Coast came, when Wizards of the Coast got it, third edition, technically third edition didn't last that long until they came out with version 3.5 because there was a lot of bugs to fix <laughs> in, in okay. the third edition. And that lasted until I think fourth edition came out 2008. So you've got about eight years there. And then fifth edition, I want to say, came out in 2015, maybe? 14, now, 2014. Okay. All right. So, so it varies. Well, and right now, they are currently playtesting what they're calling 1D&D, that they are fiercely trying to refuse to call a sixth edition because as somebody who's been playing, every time they come out with a new edition, guess what you need to do, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, buy, buy, buy a new player's handbook, Monster Manual, and Dungeon Master's Guide. Back in back in the first edition days, those books cost about 20 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, because they're all fancy paper and printing and, and high-qual, glossy, whatever, they're like 50 bucks a pop. Sure. So every time they change editions, you're probably spending like 150 bucks. So they don't want to call it a sixth edition. And they claim it's going to be backwards compatible with fifth edition which I hope okay. so, and that would be good. But yeah, no, it's it's every so often. Like, the, the older editions lasted a good long while. Like, the whole, we're going to crank out a new edition every so often is more of a modern move in role-playing yeah. games. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, they are, I mean... you got to make their money somehow, I guess. Well, I guess, is there a purpose <laughs> for them to switch them out? They, like, I mean... They, I mean, the games do evolve. Like, part of part of the glory of D&D is, here's, here's a basic rule set you do what you want with it and like people home it's called homebrew but like if there's a rule that isn't like there's something that happens in your game that's not covered by the rules you as the dungeon master you make up a rule to cover that you know what i mean got it and you get enough people who do that or enough like the rule as written is confusing and people are like hey what is this enough people talk about it like there's effect like a new edition is basically okay we're going to take all of everybody's homebrew that we think is good and want to make officially part of the game mm-hmm. we want we want to take all the feedback for stuff that just isn't working or is confusing and we're going to redo it and we're going to slap some new art on it and make a pile of money <laughs> like well that makes I mean, sense there there are some you other do. differences but that's probably more than most folks cruising in the hobby wagon want to get into right now sure sure well i hey i get it i mean at the end of the day i feel like we learned a little bit more about your uh your handbook and essentially what it means to play the game so oh yeah these are these are is this like the 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 main item if you said hey you know one item to summarize dnd would it be this or would it be like a uh 20 sided die i mean i would say if, if you're talking overall you need you need to grab a 20 sider like okay. if you were trying to encapsulate the 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 origins of D and D, first edition player's handbook would would do pretty well. But like I said, if you showed this book to to anybody somebody who just started playing in fifth edition, 
like you, for example, you'd look at this and go, what the fuck is this? Like, yeah. I don't think in first edition, you could have had a group of people who've never played the game just pick up these books and be able to play. Like, you had to know somebody to, like, you to show find. you the ropes, and then you read the books to, like, fill in those gaps. Whereas Got nowadays, it. if you bought the starter set, there's enough in there that if you've never even heard of Dungeons & Dragons, and you if somebody put you and three of your friends in a room and said, you're going to play this, you could make it happen. Got it. Yeah, no, I... I, I uh... I feel like that's still probably pretty hard for anybody, but I guess, yeah, this is, <laughs> you need a, you need an inside source. Well, I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate your stories today. With, well, uh, you know, and I, I will say that none of that was actually professor taught it. I'm all oh, good. I'm, I'm so deep into this. I actually know this nonsense. Well, um, I believe it. I, I believe I could it. be a D and D historian if I wanted to. So oh, you should. It's fun for me. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll, we'll get back on the road here. The rain seems to be letting up. Hopefully we can, uh, Go have a picnic or something, Eric. Wouldn't let's, that be Let's fun? have a picnic. That'd be great. Yeah. Let's have a picnic and listen to some Danzig. That's right. Perfect. Cool. Well, thanks for riding along, Eric. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us on this journey of arcane tomes. And until next time, I hope you all have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Toddcast Podcast. If you have comments, questions, or topic ideas you'd like us to chat about, you can reach out on social. Search for Toddcast Podcast. Visit our website at toddcastpodcast.com with a single D in Todd. There you will find show notes, original articles, and a backlog of episodes. If you'd enjoyed this episode, please feel free to share with your like-minded friends. Perhaps you would consider subscribing, following, or marking this podcast as a favorite if you've not yet done so. And of course, reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts are appreciated. Thanks again for listening to the podcast.